This message is brought to you by Moira Pentecostal Church. We hope that it will encourage, challenge, and develop you into the person God has made you to be. a prophetic word that someone delivered uh, into your heart, but I'm talking about the word of truth. Amen. The promises in the book are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Now, I believe as a church, we should seek to bring a balanced gospel according to the full counsel of God. You know, the good thing about being um, what I do is I, I gain the experience uh, of being in, in a local situation as a pastor uh, and then the blessing of, of going out and preaching in various locations. The good thing about being someone who goes out and preaches in locations and being a local pastor is you have to deal with the real issues of life. You understand that? When you're just someone who blows in and blows out again, you can just preach the subjects that are nearest on your heart and you're maybe not having to walk through with someone who is facing a real trial in life. Uh, So there is an advantage actually of having walked for 20, nearly 21 years in a local situation where you've had to deal with real life issues. Why do I say that? I say that because bad things do happen to good people. Bad things do happen to good people. And that is an awful statement to have to make. And I just want to follow that up by saying, but what I want us to see in this series, and in particularly tonight, that no matter what we face... We are people of victory, and ultimately, ultimately, God will bring you all the way through to triumph. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, no matter what you are facing, victory is on the way. Hallelujah. No matter what you are facing, victory is on the way. I don't know about you, but I always want victory right now. I always want God's answer right now. I'm more of an instant man than a sort of wait patiently, you know. I've got to bring a confession to you. I just want God to sweep in and do everything in a few seconds. Hallelujah. And if it's not happening like that, then, you know, I'm someone, I've got to get myself locked away with God and say, Lord, what's the problem with me? And sometimes we can begin to answer back to the Lord and say, Lord, do you really know what you're doing up there? Do you, are you seriously expecting me to think with all I'm facing right now in my life that you are sovereign and you are in control of this mess? Because it doesn't feel like that to me. But thanks be to God, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm thinking, God is sovereign and He's still in control and victory is on the way. Hallelujah. Again, turn to your neighbor and say, victory is on the way. You know, I I recently spoke at the funeral service of a wonderful woman of God called Pat Carr. Many of you may well know Michael, 
her, her wonderful husband pastors a, a church, a, an awesome church in London where Paul and I, like here, we regularly go in there and we, my goodness me, <laughs> it's a multicultural uh, you know, you can imagine it. what it's like when we're preaching to a crowd of black people. They aren't standing down for long. They aren't sitting down for long. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Wonderful. But recently, uh, Pat went to be with Jesus. And uh, when Michael rang me and, and said, I I've got to tell you, Paul, that Pat has gone and passed into the presence of the Lord. That was a Saturday. He rang me Saturday afternoon. And while... Pat was still lying in the bedroom. No death certificate had yet been issued. There was a long wait and Michael and I were talking. We were on the phone for a good hour and he was weeping with me and I just wish I was in his home with him right now as one of my dear friends and colleagues and we just poured out our heart together and we had a real divine moment and in the conversation, as we came to the end, I said, Michael, would you like me to get in my car right now and drive to be with you and stay with you and preach for you and handle church in the morning for you? It would be my privilege and honor to do that. And he said some amazing words to me. This is what he said. Paul, he said, I really appreciate and love your friendship. But he said, I must preach in the morning." I must preach in the morning. If I can't demonstrate to the people that I pastor and love and serve this victory, then my people I know would be disappointed. They want to hear from me as their pastor. And I thought, wow, that is the victory of God in the darkest of moments. And I was proud of him for be able, being able to do that. Doesn't put any... Uh, you know, um, need on anybody to think that they must to do the same. That was what Michael was feeling. Isn't that amazing? Wow. No matter what we are going through, we can know the victory of Christ. When I was a young boy, I remember my mother calling us together and she said something to all of us. And, and I'm going to mention two things in this message that my mother said. This is the first one, she said, and, and really this planted an expectation of faith in my heart that has shaped my approach to life. And the first thing she said to us in a family meeting that day was, the Lord will always lift you up. The Lord will always lift you up. And that is absolutely true. If we walk and do what is right in his sight, he will lift us up. And it doesn't mean that we won't go through difficult times or even ask that question that we asked of the Lord earlier. What are you doing? But the fact is God will lift us up. That's his intention. He lifted up um, Joseph from the pit and from the prison, and he established him in the palace as the son of the king and ruler of the people. King David knew the lifting up of the Lord. God lifted him up from being a shepherd boy and placed him on the throne of Israel. He knew what it was to be lifted up by the Lord. Psalm 40 
Verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And I believe I'm speaking prophetically right now under the anointing of God when I say to you that whatever you are facing, God would want you to know that He has already lifted you out of the pit. He has already lifted you out of the slimy place and the place that was full of dung. And he's put your feet upon a rock. Hallelujah. And there is a solid foundation that remains and exists for your life regardless of what you are walking through and what you are facing in these days. And let me just bring another quote from Psalm 61 verses 2 to 4. This again is King David and it just gives us a glimpse of where the spirit of this great man uh, was when he wrote these words. He says this, from the ends of the earth I will call you. I call as my heart grows faint. Now just pause there. I call as my heart grows faint. That is an explanation of exactly where David was at that particular time in his life. He was filled with anguish. He was filled with, with uh, facing mountains uh, to the point where he felt weary and faint because of all that he was coming through. And then he says these wonderful words, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. When there's no one else you can turn to, when there's no human answer or solution, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I want to say to you tonight, my friend, that there will come a moment in your life when you reach the realization, no matter how clever and no matter how strong you are in your natural way and your character, God will need to actually take you by the hand to this place where he took David and bring you to the end of yourself where you have to say, even as your heart grows faint and weary, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I because I have no other place to stand. And there will also be at the same time as that revelation hits your spirit, an understanding that God has already lifted you from the deepest depth and put your feet upon the rock, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at that. He's able to draw upon his experience of the past as well. For you have been my refuge. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? A strong tower against the foe. He was facing enemies. Christian, if you think that we are going to walk through this generation without facing the enemy or the foe, if we're thinking we're going to have an easy, comfortable life, in church life over these future decades, I want to tell you, open your eyes and have a look at what's going on in the world right now. Because we are living in absolutely crucial and significant times. And we, the church of the living God, are going to have to mature. And we are going to have to become strong in the Lord and in His mighty strength. And you look at what Joseph went through. You look at what David went through. All these reasons that they were the reasons why they went through these things was to prepare them for all of this to come. So, right now, my friend, 
what you are walking through, what you may well face in the future, is just to prepare you for all that is to come. I remember when I was a young man, I was about 19 years old. Miriam and I hadn't been going out very long. I was head over heels flipped in love. Still am. We've been texting all day, phoning all day. So many I loves you, I miss you, I tell you what, it is so romantic. Oh, glory to God. We came as a young couple responding to the Lord together as we began our courtship. And we actually stood at the front uh, of a a Church of England church that just happened to be where this wonderful meeting was being held. And a very special lady in ministry was there. She was really on fire for God. And many and I sensed the call and the hand of God. And we, along with many others, responded. And we knelt down, actually, at the C of E communion rail, happy to be there, happy to be there. And Minnie and I began to weep and pour our hearts out as we sensed the call of God. And this particular lady came up, she put her hands on us and she said, you will do everything early in your life because of all that will come in the future. And I've held that in my heart. And I share my heart with you right now. I believe I'm still actually waiting for the completion of all that will yet come. But I know that on the journey, the things that I've walked through and the lessons I've learned, Jesus will use to shape me and prepare me for all that is to come. So don't be concerned or worried or in fear or anxiety because of what what you're walking through now. I nearly said, God, 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 because it's nothing. (laughs) With what's coming. Listen, if we can't cope with now, if we can't cope with now when it's good for the majority of us, how are we going to be when we move into a season where we have to stand and having done all, stand. My friend, if you can't deal with the temptations of the flesh now, if you can't handle the things that are so light and momentary, now, how are we going to deal with the future? And so David knew Jesus was the strong tower. 
turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the strong tower. You are in the strong tower. Hallelujah. I long, he says, to dwell. Long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Friend, learn to bring yourself into the presence of God. Learn at home, wherever you are, to cultivate the presence of Jesus. What's your home filled with? TV. Things that are not helpful for your spiritual life. Deal with it. Head on. Aware of the fact that we need more of Jesus. And then we see deep revelation in these verses because David is speaking of living in eternity forever. Enthroned in the house of the Lord. And of course he's speaking prophetically of Jesus, the rock who is the spiritual foundation for his life. He's speaking of the eternal king. He is the earthly king there, but he's speaking of the eternal king who will be enthroned in God's presence forever. And because he knows that this is a reality and, and he's got that assurance by the Almighty, even David himself is able to live with sure expectation that God will lift him up. And help him stand. Amen. Turn to your neighbor again and say, God will lift you up. I want to bring a verse up right now from Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. Have a look at it when you get home again. Gives us an understanding of knowledge at a higher level. Here it comes up on this screen. Shall we read it together? You ready? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hallelujah. We all know it. We could probably quote that back to each other. But isn't it amazing? Because sometimes we limit God. By bringing him down to what we can cope with in our natural thinking. We allow limitation of our spiritual life. Restriction of our understanding of God and his ways. And therefore our walk of faith is affected. Sometimes by fear. Sometimes by unbelief and doubt. The second thing I want to mention that my mother spoke into our lives once was an experience that taught us all a lesson. When she was talking about the fact that God will always lift us up, back then we lived in a very small house. I think I've told you stories in the past of what life was like for us, so I won't go into detail. But on one occasion, my mother, being an awesome woman of faith, called us all into the little lounge. And that included my dad. And my dad was a, an awesome preacher of the gospel, traveling the world. And this is what she said. She said, I believe God wants to lift us up as a family. And she explained some steps that she believed we needed to take. And I want to tell you, back then, that would have made an enormous difference for our family and our future. 
Sadly, at that particular point in time, my father couldn't see it. That's not easy for me to say off a platform. But looking back, I can see that held us, us back. And what my mother saw in her spirit actually never happened. Why do I say that? Because God is absolutely determined to lift us up. But sometimes we have to be ready to take wise steps of faith to be able to see it come into being. Because God's ways are higher than ours and His thoughts are beyond our natural thinking. And we need to allow Him to influence our hearts, our eyes and our spirit. My mom could see it. And at that point, my father couldn't. Later, he said to my mother, Ada, you were right. I'm sorry. Can you remember when the spies went into the land? How many came back with a negative? How many came back with a positive expectation of what could be? The negative spies saw the giants. They saw every reason why they couldn't and began to speak it out. And yet Joshua and Caleb saw the same obstacles, but they believed with a different type of spirit. They said, the negative spies, we, I, I always think of that program, Grasshopper, you know. Grasshopper. <laughs> we seemed like grasshoppers <laughs> in our own eyes. We look the same to them. How would they even know? And of course, we know it was the other way on. They had, the giants had fear because of the reputation of the people of God and the victories that they knew God had given to his people and the protection that God has given to his people and the provision that God has given to his people and the plan that God has for his people and the deliverance that God has for his people and the health that God had for his people. The victory after victory after victory that God had preordained and planned for his people. That was what made the giants petrified. But some couldn't see it. Only two. You project this story forward 45 years into Joshua chapter 14. Read it when you get home. Caleb comes to Joshua. He says, now give me the hill country that was promised to me. In other words... Let me be lifted up. 
into everything that God promised for me. I've come with expectation, with faith, and with knowledge because I believe in what God has promised. It's mine. Every place where you put your foot, you bring the rule and the government of God. Here we are today in the presence of the Almighty, and He wants to lift you up. Can you see what He wants to do? In your life, can you see what He wants to do? I want to tell you right now, Miriam and I are in a period of transition. I think this is the most exciting time we have ever lived in. And yet it is the most painful. But I can see it. And so can Miriam. It's on the way. We're not there yet. But it's on the way. Hallelujah. It's on the way. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, can you see it? Say, say can you see it? Because it's on the way. <laughs> Glory to God. Can you believe in faith? Can you put your foot down on new territory or reclaim something you lost? Listen, this is not just about positive thinking. Caleb knew what God had promised. It wasn't pie-in-the-sky pipe dreams. Are you hearing me? Listen, I'm speaking the full counsel with the wisdom of God here. It wasn't just Caleb's idea of what he wanted. If you set off on your own plan thinking this is God, you will set yourself up for a disaster and you will be brought back round again and again and again. But if you know you've heard from God and you know in your spirit, then go for it. Take whatever step of faith you have to take and believe because you're ready to take the high place, take the high ground. God will lift you up. Hallelujah. He will lift you up. He will bring into your life what you've longed for. He will give the desire of your heart. Amen? Glory. God is all-knowing, not only generally, but also personally. I love that. Isn't that miraculous? That just as he knew the timing for Caleb, he knows the timing for you. And he will not be late. Amen. He'll be right on time. Amen. It's coming. But don't go on a whim. Don't go on an idea or even your own dream. 
hear from heaven. Sound it out. Check it. Test it. Weigh it. And know in your spirit the prompt of God. So God wants to lift you up and enable you to rule and reign in life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Can you believe I've got to point one? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's only 10 to 9. <laughs> Quick points, Dave. What do points make? No, disqualifications. <laughs> Hallelujah. Clifford's had enough. He's off. <laughs> Clifford, we love you. And we release you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> How? That's a great question to ask in the middle of a message, isn't it? How? I'm finding God wants me to preach more like this. How? How does God lift you up? How does He do that? Into what does He lift you? Number one, this is a great key. He lifts you up in salvation and in relationship with himself. Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Lifting up can only begin in the revelation of the cross and the resurrection. Hallelujah. There is no real lifting up in life. You may well prosper through your effort, through your hard work. You may succeed in life, but there is no real lifting up without the cross. And the resurrection. So your salvation is complete. Amen. Accept it. Stop striving and struggling. Don't waste your energy through self-effort and ability. If you've made your great confession of faith, you are saved. Amen. You are saved. Walk with God because you are saved. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you are in relationship with the Almighty. Isn't that marvelous? You're in the household of faith. You belong to God. Amen? Woo! I tell you, you should be shouting out, hollering, screaming. The Irish version, but you should be doing that. Isn't that a great text? 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people. Shall we read it together? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Amen. Let that sink in your heart and in your spirit. And then we must understand and accept just how high He has lifted us. You are seated in Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. That's your location. That's the position you have taken up. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? What does that mean though? Is that just nice words that we read off a page? Because I believe that should affect your life. I believe that should work in your life. It should work upon who you are and how you live. And I want to answer that question in my second point. See, I told you these were quick points. O ye of little faith. The pastor's wife went. 
<laughs> Second, he lifts you up in victory and authority. Lord, lift me up and help me stand. That's a great prayer. Listen to Psalm 60, verse 12. With God, we will gain the victory. I love the fact that God said that because there is no doubt in what God has said. Here's another one. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the context in which that verse is delivered is victory over death. Hallelujah. You know that. He gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, wonderful. And isn't it easy to allow ourselves to be affected by the negative attitude of others? Pulled down into unbelief because we can't see. But when we've seen, that helps us to expect the victory. What a cunning tactic the devil plays when he made influence the people. Influencing the people so that they could not see themselves as they really are. They couldn't grasp just how much victory God had set them up for. There was a reason for that. All the way through the Old Testament, God was trying to lead His people into victory. But they had no realization of the authority of God. Perhaps we need a fresh revelation of the authority of God. I've got to say, I love that song that we sang tonight about God being God. I'd never heard that before. I want the music and the words before I leave. I think that is fantastic. But don't you think sometimes in life we forget just how, just how powerful and how much authority our God really possesses? And don't we forget sometimes just how high He has lifted us up? Listen, my friend, right now I bring a word from heaven for you. You have been walking through life with your chin down because you've lost sight and lost a true perspective and understanding of who you are. You are a son and an heir of the Most High God. You have been lifted to the highest possible place spiritually. And because you have been lifted there spiritually, you should have an expectation that in the physical realm you would experience the lifting up of the Lord. Not only in your finances and in your prospering, but in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. Let there be a revelation tonight and let it happen that you might see with different eyes and know that God has set you up for victory. Let me tell you this. I added this to my notes this afternoon, Paul. It's not on yours. It was a prompt of God for me. 
And my iPad was wet with my tears when I wrote it because I know it for somebody significant. Here it is. You are facing a giant. The reason why you are facing a giant is because God wants you to experience a giant victory. And it's on the way. The timing will be perfect. Hold on and wait for it. Just as Caleb did. And you will see the victory of your God. You are anointed of God. Possess everything that God has promised for you. Many are doubting the anointing of God in these days. And I want to remind you of what the epistle John says. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And the anointing you have is not counterfeit. It is real. I'm asking you to fan into flame everything in your spirit and in your heart over this weekend as we walk through it together. And I want us to set off from this point tonight aware of the fact that God has lifted us up in his victory and with his authority we can face life and here's my and finally he lifts you up in life and purpose it has to work faith in God will and must lift you up in life. Can you see it in your spirit? Can you see steps, wise steps, not pie-in-the-sky dreams that are just for selfish gain, but seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? These dreams have come from God. Hallelujah. Don't lose the dream God has for you. Don't let the dream that God has for you be limited and restricted to just your world and your life improving. Instead, dream for the kingdom of God. Dream for His purpose and it will bring victory in life for you. I said these words and Miriam laughed. She says, oh Paul, that's great. Perhaps we are not believing God enough for enough. And I was talking to Miriam and I at the time, and we laughed together. Isn't it great, David, when a husband and wife laugh together? Hallelujah. Keep rejoicing. Let your home be filled with faith and joy and laughter. Miriam and I laughed and we said, yes, Lord. Stretch our faith so we can believe for more of God. These are keys. And I believe God will lift every one of us up as we walk through these days together. I want to conclude by asking this question. How do we respond to the Lord tonight? Four things. Number one, lift up your heart to God. 
reminding you standing begins with kneeling. Do you think the church has stopped praying? Because I do. Lift up your voice. Do you think the church has become more silent in meetings? And we've lost the cry and the call of God. Because I do. Lift up your hands and praise and declare, speak the truth of God's word. Do you think the church has stopped lifting up her hands? I do. Lift up your need in faith and believe for your answer again. Do you think the church has stopped believing in faith? Because I do. And I say that with having had the benefit of traveling. I'm quite happy to have a noisy church. As long as the noise is real. I'm quite happy for a cry, for a shout, for lifted hands, for praise, for expression of faith. Man, I think when we, the church, come back to that place where we are recognizing God has lifted us up, I think it'll just fall out of our mouths. And we won't be able to contain the cry and the joy and the laughter and the expression and overflow of all that is in our hearts. Hallelujah. I sit with you today in the congregation recognizing we are in the same body. And I say this to each one of us. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Let's let it really work in life, right where we are, because God will always lift you up. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Spirit of God. Perhaps with me you'd like to 
make a physical gesture of where your heart is and your spirit is. Just where you are, maybe you'd like to just lift up your hands. It's just a sign of openness to God. Hallelujah. And maybe just where you are, you'd like to begin to thank God audibly. Why don't you just begin to thank God for all that He's done for you? Why don't you just begin to thank God for the lifting up that He has done in your life in salvation and in relationship? Why don't you just begin to praise Him, begin to exalt Him? You don't need the musicians. We can just begin to declare the greatness of God. Thank you, Father, for the power of your Holy Spirit tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your victory. Thank you for the authority of God. Thank you for the lifting up. Lord, my glory and the lifter of my head. Thank you, Father, for the anointing. And the anointing has touched us. The Spirit of God has touched us, Lord. And you've put your anointing upon us and in us the fire of the Holy Ghost the presence of the Most High God thank you for the unction of your spirit Lord thank you because you always lead us in triumphant procession there's no restriction there's no limitation there is no barriers there is no hindrance because Lord you've lifted us and you've seated us with he in heavenly places in Christ Jesus thank you Lord because you give us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ We've experienced victory over sin. We've experienced victory over defeat. Victory over unbelief. Victory over doubt. Victory over hell. Victory over fear. Victory over anxiety. Victory over depression. Victory over emptiness. Victory over aimlessness. Victory over sickness. Victory over disease, Lord. Victory over oppression. Victory over everything that has hindered and restricted us. Lord, we receive the victory of Jesus. We receive the victory over religion, Lord, over barrenness, over wounded souls, over hearts that are broken. We receive the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive victory in the workplace. We receive victory in the house, Lord. We receive victory in our finances. We receive victory in every dimension of life over our children over our grandchildren over the church Lord over this house Lord let there be a breakthrough in the realm of the Holy Ghost Lord for you are amazing you are all powerful you are all knowing you are an amazing God you are seated high upon the throne hallelujah 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 sita la masa la Marosida, Sikara Salama Rosila La Lessa, Arasalanando. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Sidana Marasala. Sileste Lelondo. Amen. Okay, friends. Just look at me right now. Would you do that? Let's just link our hands together right around this congregation. Wonderful Jesus. Hallelujah. 
You know, right now, you don't know what that person next to you is facing, everything they're facing or feeling or thinking. But God does. And He knows the things you have need of. Hallelujah. And we are going to agree in the authority of God. Hallelujah. There is a power that is released when the church of God declares in agreement. Let me tell you this. It was impossible for you to experience victory in your life. It was impossible for you to be free and walk the path that God wanted you to walk. And so Jesus came and won the victory for you. So you don't walk in your own victory. You walk in his victory. If you are trying to walk in your own victory, guess what? God will need to teach you a big lesson. Because your victory will fail time, time, time and time again. Because it's not that victory that you can walk in. That is impossible to experience victory. And so he has come and has given you the victory. And he has come and he has given you the authority. Hallelujah. He's given you the authority. Hallelujah. Lord, right now we take authority in Jesus' name. And we receive your victory. Lord, thank you for the impartation right now of your victory. Lord, it is not my victory. It is not our victory. It is your victory. But you have chosen to give us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, over every emotion, over every feeling, over every thought that is influenced by the flesh, by the devil, by the world, the flesh, and the devil, Lord, we thank you. We can take authority in your name. And we subject everything to the victory of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we recognize the power of the cross. Hallelujah. And the power of your blood. Amen. And the power of your resurrection. Yes. And we stand in that tonight, Lord. And we ask, oh God, that this weekend would be a weekend that we will never forget, Lord. Yes. Because you are shaping us up for all of this to come. Your You're teaching and training us now Hallelujah. for all of this to come. And so, Lord, we leave this place aware that you have become victorious in all things. You overcome, overcame absolutely everything. And now, Lord Jesus, we also overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Now, Lord, we testify to your victory. We choose to live in your victory. And we choose to live in your authority. And Lord, we bow down. We bow before you, the holy God. And we confess you as our Savior and Lord. And we receive by faith every promise, every word you've said. We receive 
and we take it to heart. Now, Lord Jesus, as we leave one another's company, may we sleep in your peace and contentment in Christ. And may we return to your house tomorrow ready to go on to the next stage of what you're teaching us in these days for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more teaching resources, visit www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.